Without financial education, kids are drastically unprepared for the financial world awaiting them. But now there's help. BusyKid is the only chore and allowance app where kids learn how to earn, save, share, spend, and invest their allowance. BusyKid is hands-on financial education that's fun for kids and easy on parents. Motivate your kids to do their chores while learning to make responsible decisions with their money. Go to BusyKid.com forward slash BK. That's BusyKid.com forward slash BK. BusyKid. It's allowance simplified. This is the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show, where we're always learning how to make way more money and pay way less taxes. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of WealthAbility. What if I told you that the number one key to building wealth is simply keeping good records? Today, we're going to discuss why record keeping is so important. It always amazes me what poor records I see from business owners and investors. You know, we all remember the Iraq war and we remember that, you know, about weapons of mass destruction, right? That President Bush said, well, look, it's clear we've got weapons of mass destruction. We need to go in and we need to, you know, take care of this. And there weren't any and there never were any. That's bad information. So bad information leads to bad decisions. The challenge that most people have is that a, they may not want to make decisions at all, right? Most people abdicate their, their decisions completely when it comes to finance to other people. It, they're called financial planners. So we're talking today about those of you out there who are willing to take on responsibility for your own decisions about making money and building wealth. It only happens... And it's only possible if you have good records. And what I mean by that is, you know, th think about all the decisions that go into making an investment. We go, wow, it's, you know, I just, I need to find a good investment. I really need to make sure I've got a good investment. I'm going, okay, let's say you buy or make a good investment. Now, how do you know if that investment is performing? How do you know what the cash flow is? How do you know what, whether you should sell that investment? How, how do you know whether you should continue investing with that syndicator, for example? How do you know any of this if you don't have good records? You know, I'm an accountant, so records are everything to me. I mean, we don't, we, we're doing tax returns all the time, and we're always seeing, we're seeing so often, we're seeing poor record keeping. Well, what does that mean? Well, you know, from a tax standpoint, that means that you're not going to get good results on your tax return. I mean, that's the reality. And you are always going to have to worry about an audit because you don't know if your information's good anyway, and the auditor's going to go dig into it. They're going to see that you've got lousy information, you've got lousy record keeping, so they're going to not trust it, and then they're going to go deeper and deeper and deeper, on and on and on and on. And you have, pretty soon, you have the audit from hell, right? So... That's the IRS, but let's look at it from purely an investment standpoint, okay? So you're trying to make these good decisions. You've gone through, you've developed 
You, you, you know what you're trying to accomplish. You've developed your strategy. You've got a, you've got very specific type of asset that you're investing in. You've chosen an asset class, you've narrowed it down, and now you've gone through all the criteria and you go, okay, this is, I, I, I only want you know, three bedroom, two bath homes, and I only want them in this particular market, and I want this particular loan to value, and I want this particular cash flow, and I want, I, I want this to happen in the market. So we come up with this great criteria for investing, and then what do we do? Well, what I find with most investors is what they do is, is now that they, they, they fall back on the old buy, hold, and pray that it all works, right? They bought it, they worked really hard to come up with that decision. They worked really hard to find an investment that looked appropriate, and then they're going, I'm done. Well, now it's just, it's just begun, right? That's just the beginning, right? You're, you, you just put the money out. The question is, are you gonna get the money in? And that's a matter of having accurate records. So remember, we, have, we really have three different financial statements. So I want to walk through these financial statements here so that you understand what I mean by accurate record keeping. I'm talking about actually having information that is usable that you can use on a daily basis to make good decisions that's always there for you and you know how to interpret that information. Okay, so the first is accuracy. That's, that's why you have a bookkeeper. That's why your bookkeeper is not a relative. Okay, that's why your bookkeeper is an independent bookkeeper who will ask you the questions. They won't make any assumptions about where, where, you know, what, what is, where, what is this expense? Where does it go? They're going to ask you questions. And the first few months of having a bookkeeper, I will tell you, they are a pain because you get all these questions over and over again. Well, what, what's this expense? What's this? What's this? What does that do for you? The, the whole exercise of going through back and forth that bookkeeper gets you attuned to what money is going out and what money is coming in because they're asking you these questions. So it actually forces you into better behavior from an investment standpoint. We have to always be looking at what's going on. So if the bookkeepers then, you know, if they're pushing us, then that means that we're going to have a better idea of what's going on in the first place. So after a few months, they're going to get really comfortable with it. And your bookkeeper now is going to keep the records. Okay, now let's assume you've done that much and you've hired a good bookkeeper. You've gone through, you make sure that on a monthly basis, they know what expense goes where, how to categorize it, where you'd like that information so that you know where to pull it from, right? And so you actually have accuracy now. So... Now what? Well, now you actually have to read the financial statements. You actually have to pull that information. So let's walk through what makes good financial statements. There are three basic financial statements. There's an income statement, also called a profit and loss. It's exactly the same thing, okay? You don't need to distinguish between them. You have income and you have expense. That's your income statement. Profit and loss, it's the same thing. Then you have a balance sheet. Now, most amateur investors only have an income statement. And in fact, they only see the cash flow part of it. They don't really have a complete income statement. A typical investor will at least have something that says, here's the cash coming in, here's the expenses going out. Now we need a balance sheet. And the reason we need a balance sheet was we need to know what are the assets and the liabilities 
associated with that investment because the investment itself is an asset. And then we have the third financial statement, which is statement of cash flow. Well, when we made that investment, we took cash out so that depleted our cash and we put it into that investment. That will show up on your statement of cash flow, okay, in, in the investment section. Then when money comes in from, from the investment, that goes in through operations. That's going in through your income statement, right? So that's coming into your statement of cash flow through operations. And then you're going to see that your that your cash flow from operations is actually different from your income. You go, why is that? Well, because in your income statement, you're recording depreciation. That's a non-cash expense, right? It, it, it shows up in your profit and loss statement. It shows up in your income statement as an expense, but it's not cash that went out of your pocket. The cash went out of your pocket when you made the investment, not the depreciation. So when you look at your statement of cash flows, what you're looking at is, oh, depreciation is added back. Now I have this much cash. I have this much cash from the operations. Now here's another thing. You're going to be paying down your mortgage. Let's say you're in real estate. You're going to be paying down a mortgage. Well, that mortgage, paying down that mortgage, that doesn't show up in your income statement. Where would it show up? It, it, it doesn't. The amortization of your, of your mortgage doesn't show up in your income statement. It shows up as a reduction to your liabilities. That's your balance sheet. And it shows up as in your statement of cash flows as a reduction to your cash because cash going out. So all three of these financial statements work together. Now I'm going to walk through how you're going to analyze this because the analysis of a financial statement is really, really simple. When you understand the purpose of income, expense, assets, and liabilities. Because in the end, the purpose is always cash. It's all about cash flow. If you look at what the value is of your investment, it is a function of cash flow. Unless you're investing in single family homes that you're going to sell on the open market to a, a, a homeowner, all investments are valued based on a stream of cash coming in from them. All investments, okay, except for, you know, super speculative investments, right, like uh, cryptocurrency, stuff like that. So what do you do? So you look at every single item in those financial statements, go, what makes that item good or not as good or bad? So income, can we have bad income? Absolutely. Let's say that you have a renter and the renter doesn't pay you. Okay, now they owe you the money, so you book the income as a receivable from the renter. So that's going on your assets as a receivable, and it goes in your income as, income, as, as rental income, even though you haven't received it. Okay, that's a receivable. Now that's not good income, is it? Because you've actually given up cash to allow that renter in there without having the cash flow from it. So if that renter gets behind, You've lost money. You could have had a renter that paid. So that shows up in your financial statements because the purpose of income is to create cash flow. So if you have your, if your cash flow, your statement of cash flow from operations, that's the first section in your statement of cash flow. If it shows that you have a, a lot less cash than you have income, 
and you have a lot less cash because uh, than you have income because you have a lot of receivables that's going to show up in your statement of cash flows, then that means that <laughs> you're not doing a good job of managing your income. Now, what about an expense? The purpose of an expense is to create income. So if you analyze your expenses and you go, wait a minute, I don't know what I don't know what this this expense is doing for me. You know, let's say that you're advertising in the paper for renters and you're not getting anything back. None of those, none of the renters are coming from that ad. Well, that's a waste of money, isn't it? Well, the only way you know that is to analyze it and analyze your expenses. And you need to analyze your expenses on a very regular basis and go through it. I would go through it with your bookkeeper or better yet, go through it with your accountant, okay, who's who's actually trained to analyze and look at how am I doing with my expenses? Are these expenses? Can I measure the impact of these expenses? You want to look at the best investors. They measure everything. The best investors measure everything. Remember, there's the old Hawthorne principle that says anything that is measured expands. Anything that's measured and reported expands exponentially. That's called the Hawthorne effect. So if you're measuring right? You're measuring when you look at those financial statements. When you report that to somebody else, like your accountant, right? Like your CPA, you report that to your CPA, then now it's going to expand even more. You're going to get better and better and better because you're analyzing on a regular basis. Now think about it. This isn't that hard. It just takes some time. And most investors, the challenge is, is that investors, we get so caught up in the investing side of it that we forget that it's all about the numbers. And when we forget that it's all about the numbers, <laughs> we, lose, we lose any edge that we have in our investing. We go, oh, well, you know, we, we, have, we have no control over this. Well, you have complete control over it. If, it, if you're doing the actual, you know, if you own the, the, the property, if you're doing the investing, you need to control this. If you're investing with a, in a syndication, you need to make sure they're controlling it, right? You need to watch what they're doing. Because even though you've turned money over to them, don't you want to watch their performance? So you should be getting at a minimum quarterly reports that actually show you all three of these financial statements. If you're not, you should be asking them for them. And if they don't have them, you shouldn't be investing with them. Because if they're not keeping track of it, that just, <laughs> that's just trouble. Syndicators Oh my heavens! If if you're if you're taking somebody else's money and you're not and you're not analyzing your financials on a monthly basis, I I, I think you're in major trouble with your investors. I, I think you're doing them a major disservice. And at some point, if the market has challenges to it, which it will at some point, you're going to have challenges. Okay, and you're going to have more challenges than just your investment. You're going to have challenges with every other investor right? So it's very important that we watch this. So expenses, again, income, the purpose of income is to create cash. The purpose of an expense is to increase income. Now, what's the purpose of an asset? An asset actually can have one of two purposes. An asset can either increase income or it can decrease an expense. Take, for example, a computer. A computer should actually decrease an expense because it should make things that much faster. You may have have to hire fewer employees or consultants to help you if that computer 
or in that computer program that's doing its job. So that's an example of an asset, a computer, that actually reduces an expense rather than creating income. Other assets are going to actually create income. So we think of, for example, we think about the actual investment, right? The, the fourplex, the purpose of that investment is to create income. Income from the rents, right? That's the whole purpose of the investment. And when we look at our balance sheet, we need to be looking at every single investment and analyzing what is my return on that investment. And that analysis needs to be done regularly. And regularly means, I mean, the best investors, they look at this daily or weekly. Even a good investor, well, at least monthly, you're looking at this. Because if you're not keeping track of it, who is? Nobody is. And what happens is, is we end up having underperforming assets. So we may think it's great, right? But then we actually look at the numbers. I, I'll give you an example. I have a client, bless his heart, does a lot of real estate. And he's learning. You know, I was telling him, I, are you sure about these investments? What analysis have you done? And he said, no, 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 these, these, these are really good. Well, he got into it and he, and he found out that, wow, this particular property lost a ton of money. We had all sorts of problems with it. Well, sometimes we don't know because we're not paying attention. That's the point. If we're not paying attention, how do we make good decisions? So it starts with something as simple as accurate record keeping. Then we have to go into how do we actually analyze that information so that we can make good decisions. So we start with, with accuracy, then we go to analysis. Now, we've talked about an asset. Purpose is to actually increase income or decrease expenses. What's the purpose of a liability? Purpose of a liability is one of two things. It's either to buy an asset or to decrease an expense. So what I mean by buying an asset, obviously a mortgage you, you, you have a mortgage, that's a liability. That's the purpose of that is to buy that asset, right? But you might refinance that mortgage into a different mortgage in order to lower your interest rate. That would be an example of reducing your expense, right? You're reducing your interest expense at that point. So understand that all four of these items, income, expense, assets, liabilities, have very specific purpose. And if you analyze them in that simple of a way and you do it on a regular basis, think about the decisions you're going to be able to make. Because remember, you started out by setting up all these criteria. Now what we have to do is we need to measure the actual performance against the expected performance. Once again, we have to measure the actual performance of the asset against the expected performance of the asset. The expected performance of the asset is really our criteria, right? Our set of criteria for investing. That's the expected performance. So we need to measure how's it doing. We also need to measure at, at okay, is there a point where it's either doing so well that we need to sell it because the cap rate's so low and we could do so much better in another investment right? And no longer, see, we have to look at, does it still meet our criteria? And if the price is too high, then it may not meet our criteria. So we may need to sell it because the price is too high. Follow what I'm saying? In other words, if you wouldn't pay that price for that asset, maybe it's time to sell that asset. 
Maybe it's because the cap rate now is actually below the interest rate. Well, if you have a cap rate below the interest rate, you have negative leverage, right? Your, your cap rate needs to be above your interest rate. Otherwise, you are losing money, right? Because you could sell it and now go find something where the cap rate is higher than the, than the interest rate, and now you have positive you have positive leverage or positive arbitrage, right, before you have negative leverage, negative arbitrage. So what we have to do is we have to look at every single asset on a very regular basis, and is it, is it performing so well that guess what? It no longer meets that criteria, or is it performing so poorly that it no longer meets our criteria? If it's performing poorly, what do we do? Well, now we look at what can we do to increase its performance? It may be that there's nothing we can do. Let me tell you the, one of the big mistakes that I've, I see investors make. And we saw it a lot in 2008, 2009. So your, the, the value of your property drops drastically. Okay, let's say we have another big downturn. The value of your property drops drastically. Then what? Well, you go, well, if I sell it, I lose money. No. No, that's not how it works. You've already lost money. You don't understand. There's two terms that we need to understand when we're looking at, at our investments. One is realized gain or loss, and the other is recognized gain or loss. Realized, recognized. Realized means it, it's there. We haven't done anything. It's just there. So if our property goes from a, a value of a million to a value of $800,000, we have realized a loss of 200,000. Now, if we sell the property, at that point we recognize that loss. So we've realized the loss when it actually happened, we recognize it when we sell the property. So it's very important to understand that we've still realized that loss even if we haven't recognized the loss, even if we haven't sold the property. So this idea that I don't want to sell a property because it, <laughs> I'd lose money if I sell it. No, no, no. You already lost the money. Okay. It, it's kind of like people who invest in an IRA and they go, I don't want to pull the money out because I'll pay tax. Well, you already owe the tax. What's the difference? What's, what's the difference whether you pay the tax now or you pay the tax later? You still owe the tax. It's the same proportion. And even if it goes up in value, the tax goes up at the same rate, right? So you still got this, you, you, you have a tax liability whether you paid it or not. That's another case of realized or recognized. So understanding financial statements and financial terms is really very simple. I mean, if you look at it, income, cash, expense, income, asset, income, or decrease expense, liabilities, increase asset, or decrease expense. That's really simple analysis. That's a lot of what you need to do. And then we analyze comparing what is it now compared to what was what was it expected to do. All right. So if it's doing great, great. We don't have to do anything more. We look at that analysis and it's all good. Great. We move on. Takes five minutes. If if we have that set up though, and we look at it and go, wait a minute, it's not performing. Or wait a minute, it's performing so well that it no longer makes sense. That's why, that's when we make good decisions. We make good decisions when we have good information. In order to have the good information, it has to be accurate 
and we have to pay attention to it. And this is, again, this is the big mistake that a lot of investors make is that they do not pay attention to their numbers. They don't know how to analyze them. They don't sit down with their accountant. They don't sit down with their bookkeeper. They don't analyze this information. And what happens is, is that they end up wondering, why isn't my investment doing well? Well, we are responsible for our decisions. We are responsible for our wealth. That's what wealth ability is all about. It's your ability to create wealth. The point of this podcast is for you to increase your ability to create wealth. And one of the most simple things you can do is accurate, useful information coming from good record keeping. When you do that, I promise you, you will always make way more money and pay way less taxes. See you next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. As an additional thank you, I want to give a special gift just to our podcast listeners to help you jumpstart your journey to building massive wealth tax-free. This is a group of not just one, but five of my top educational resources on this topic. There are several amazing, helpful PDF downloads and two training videos. These resources are not available and we don't give them away anywhere else. So get these bonuses now. All you have to do is go to wealthability.com slash gift. That's wealthability.com forward slash G-I-F-T and get these gifts to jumpstart your wealth now. You've been listening to The Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.